Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and today I am joined by a man who certainly would have made more shots than Scotty Barnes would have um, in the Rising Stars event, Ben O'Brien. How you doing? Yeah, Trevor, um, first of all, obviously Brandon's not here, and, and you listeners, I, I know you're probably just as thrilled as we are that Brandon's not here. It's always a great day when Brandon's not here. Um, we don't have to listen to his garbage takes. We can we can do whatever we want. Typically, I'm Team Trevor. We, we all know this. So typically, Trevor and I are on the same wavelength. I don't have to deal with Brandon interrupting us. Um, but yeah, that that performance, Trevor, that was embarrassing, man. And I'm not saying that I, I would have made all four or however many he took, but I think I could have got one. I think I could have got one. And I, from what I can remember, it seems like – was he trying to go off the glass, Trevor? I feel like he he wasn't trying to go glass. I feel like I would try to go glass from there. But, I don't know. He was um, just like – he was just trying to be cool, Dude. and that was a theme. Like, yeah. the rookies are, like, trying to be cool in the event. But it's, like, a little, you know, it's, like, six, seven feet from the basket. It's a close shot straight away, and he missed it, I think, four times in a row. It was pretty insane. It's bad, and it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't try to look cool. Like, he, he – I think he did, like, the, you know, do the, you just do, like, one hand, and you got a foot up. I would literally, like – I'd shoot it like a little jump shot because I'd be taking it seriously. But clearly he was – yeah, he, he was trying to make it look cool, and he was – he was trying not to uh, look like he was trying on it, but I want to win, so I would have absolutely like had the right form. I would have made sure I made it and not tried to look cool doing it. So um, that's a tough look. It's a tough look, and I I would not be happy if I was him because um, rightfully so he's getting a lot of heat for it, and I think he absolutely deserves it because it's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the All Star stuff uh, later briefly. Not not the best Saturday night, um, I would say. I know Brandon certainly didn't like it, really any of it, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, first, we're going to start off with college basketball. Another really solid week um, in college basketball here as we get, again, closer to March. It is uh, Sunday, February 20th as we were recording this, so we are very close, closing in on it. Um, and there were some really good games this week, the first of which that I wanted to mention was Villanova in Providence. Uh, this was a home game for Providence on Tuesday. Uh, they were 21-2 and two at the time. Uh, but Villanova, they, you know, in, tip, in typical Villanova fashion, they find a way to just, you know, they, they have the fundamentals, they have the great players, great shooting, and they do take this game. They win it 89-84 to 84 over Providence, um, you know, and which what was a very good game throughout. I mean, it seemed like Villanova was the better team for pretty much the whole game, but Providence was never out of it. They kept making these rallies. Um, you know, you had Al Durham, one of their guards that came alive late and was really, uh, you know, finding any way he could to get uh, shots knocked down at the basket. But with Villanova, it was it was interesting because um, in the first half, you had Justin Moore, um, one of their guards, who kind of had this incredible half. I think he had 18 points at halftime, was shooting really well from three. And then the second half... It was the other guard in the backcourt who kind of took over and Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie um, really took over in the second half. He had 33 points overall in this game, shot 5 of 8 from 3, 10 to 17 overall. And, I mean, Villanova, just straight up, like, they have the best backcourt in college basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree. you know, the, Colin Gillespie, he's taking his, I think this is his fifth year technically because of the COVID year. Mm -hmm. um, and Justin Moore is a junior this backcourt is just incredible. Um, they can score in so many different ways. They hit big shots, both of them. Justin Moore, Colin Gillespie, they hit the big shots. Colin Gillespie in this one hit the dagger to put Villanova up five points. Um, and it, it was just too much for Providence to overcome. You know, they did a really good job early on of getting it inside, you know, because their strength, I think, is really their front court in particular, um, their, their center, Nate Watson, who kind of had a little bit of an advantage over, um, you know, whoever Villanova tried to put on him, whether it was Eric Dixon or uh, Jermaine Samuels, you know, whoever it was. Providence kind of has the advantage in the front court. So it's interesting watching these two teams because Villanova, their strength is the back court pretty clearly. I think they have the best one in college basketball. Meanwhile, their front court hasn't really given them as much as maybe they expected to, like Brandon Slater, Jermaine Samuels. I think a lot of people expected them to be uh, larger contributors to this Villanova team, whereas Providence, I think their strength is more of their front court, in particular Watson, who really can just be a mismatch uh, nightmare for a lot of different teams um, and has been throughout the season. So really interesting matchup. Obviously, you know, 
Uh, Providence has had this amazing season. I mean, Ed Cooley, you know, definitely in the running for coach of the year. I mean, maybe he should be right now. There's definitely some mm-hmm. other deserving coaches as well, but he's definitely in the top three, I would say. So really good game there. Um, couple other – well, I guess just in general, I wanted to talk about Texas Tech because Texas Tech has been on a little bit of a, a hot streak here. They beat Baylor uh, at home on Wednesday, 83-73. to And then uh, yesterday – they went into Austin um, and beat Texas on their home floor. Obviously, this was kind of like the the return game for Chris Beer. Well, they had already played at Texas yeah. Tech, but now they're playing again at Texas. And this was really interesting because, Ben, I, I don't know if you saw the crowd, but there were a ton of Texas Tech fans there. And Texas Tech, I Googled this. I went on Google Maps. It's about a six-hour drive from Texas Tech oh, yeah. to the campus of uh, in, you know UT. So really good win there i mean i mean what do you think about what do you think about texas tech and um you know this whole situation because it seems like texas tech almost every year to me at least it feels like they're either underrated or you know yeah it seems like they're underrated in the preseason almost every year well it's, and it's one of those things like they're such a fun team to watch and this even goes back to when chris beard was there like for whatever reason their brand of basketball i love watching it. it's one of those things where um they kind of came onto the scene a few years, a few years ago, right, with Chris Beard and all this, and now that now they have Mark Adams, who's done a fantastic job. And obviously, like you said, they've beaten Baylor, I think, twice this year. They just beat, uh, they, obviously, they just beat Chris Beard. So they're just a fun brand to watch, right? They pass ball where they shoot. They, they're great shooters from the outside, um, and it's one of those things where, like, Texas Tech, I would not consider a basketball powerhouse, but they've kind of been in that conversation for in the topper echelon of teams the last few years. Um, and I look at that, and I like to look at college basketball teams and a lot of college programs in general as, like, would I play for them? And I look at Texas Tech, and I'm like, heck, yeah, I'd play for them. I think that'd be an awesome team to play for. Um, again, just because of the, the you know how appealing of, of a play style they play. Um, and clearly it's working because I, I don't know, and I'm not going to pretend like I knew what their expectations coming in this year were, but you lose your coach to a in-state rival. I would imagine they did not have this high of expectations with Mark Adams as a first-year head coach. So... I think, you know, in my opinion, at least, it seems like they're clearly, um, I guess, exceeding their expectations that were set set for them um, early this year. So good for them. Again, it's one of those things. I have no reason to hate them. I, I think they're fun to watch, and I love every second of of what they've of what they've done this year, and even the past few years with that program. Yeah, and and they were ranked number eleven at the time of their win uh, yesterday. They're certainly going to move up after beating Baylor and Texas. Uh, two two more good resume wins for them. Um, just wanted to mention a couple upsets. We had Florida beating Auburn, uh, number two ranked Auburn, in a game 63-62. Pretty wild game in which Florida almost blew, actually. I think they were up like eight points, and Auburn made you know a little bit of a rally late. Obviously, you know, they have Jabari Smith, you know, arguably uh, the number one player in the, in the upcoming NBA draft and, you know, all the other talent that Auburn has. But Florida does hang on. This is a big win for them. Uh, because I think they're on the bubble right now. I mean, they're 17 and 10. Um, certainly, I would guess. I, I don't know specifically where they would be. I haven't looked at a full bracketology in a little bit, but I would imagine they're probably in that discussion. This win helps them a lot. Uh, another big win for resume is Iowa. Iowa was probably pretty safe, um, but beating Ohio State, I think, you know, kind of helps secure them. I think a spot maybe uh, in the NCAA tournament. They now move to 18 and 8. Um, obviously, one of my favorite players in college basketball, Keen Murray, he had 24 points in this one. Um, so, a, so a big win there for Iowa over Ohio State, who Ohio State's been playing, you know, really well as well. You know, E.G. Liddell, obviously, we know what he's capable of, and then Malachi Branham, uh, former St. Vincent St. Mary, uh, you know, high school player. Um, he's a freshman. He had 22 points and eight rebounds in this one against Iowa. Um, so just a little shout out to him. He's averaging about 11 points per game this season. Pretty good for a freshman there. Um, and, th- and that's pretty much it for the uh, games. But I wanted to kind of go more into the bracketology a little bit because we did get our first, I guess, official reveal of like the top 16. Um which I'll just read. I won't go through all 16 teams, but the one seeds right now I will go through currently um, are Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, and Kansas in that order. So Gonzaga is the number one overall team, Auburn second, Arizona third, and Kansas fourth. Um, You know, pretty interesting here. I mean, Gonzaga, 
they are, you know, I guess where we expected them to be uh, right now, in my opinion, if I'm picking like a, like a title favorite, it's very difficult to pick because there's no team that's unbeatable. All these teams have flaws, but I think Gonzaga is probably like the safest team. Like just the combination of experience that they have in the backcourt um, and then the talent that they have in the front court. I mean, you have Chet Holmgren in your front court, great defensive player. That's, uh, you know, going to be tough for a lot of teams. Um, and then you have Auburn, Arizona, and Kansas as well. Um, but I guess what, what do you kind of think when you look at this top 16, Ben? Are, you know, are there any surprises or, or I guess what kind of stands out to you here? I can tell you that, Trevor, there's one team that stands out, and I don't know if we've ever, um, or I've never talked about this team, but it's a team that, obviously I haven't watched a lot of them this year, but I've, I've been aware of what they're doing, and I've, I've loved every second of it, and that's the Wisconsin Badgers, right? Obviously they come in at the four seed. Um, but preseason, they, they were not supposed to be a top 25 team preseason. All right, I know a lot of people had them on the bubble. I mean, some people have them on the, on the bubble, maybe coming in as, as an eight or a nine seed in, in this tournament. Um, and what they what they've done this year is awesome. So to see them in this again, this is not the official ranking, but this is an idea of what the committee is thinking. Um, to see them on that on that four seed line, I love I love that because obviously, and, we, and we've we've mentioned Johnny Davis on this podcast before, but you know he's averaging twenty points a game and, and all these things. But um, I think they have a fantastic team. And again, Wisconsin's always one of those teams where. For whatever reason, I feel like they don't ever have these massive stars. Yes, they've had Frank Kaminsky, and yes, they have Johnny Davis, but they just play really good team basketball, I feel like. I feel like they play really good fundamental basketball. Um, so I, I love Wisconsin. I love it. I love everything um, that that program stands for and that program stood for for a long time. Um, and again, they're in the Big Ten, so they're playing good teams. Um, and let me, it, when I look at their schedule moving forward, their last five games this, this year, they got Michigan, not great this year. Minnesota, not good. Rutgers, eh, not great this year. They got Purdue and Nebraska. So they really only have one, I'd say, major test uh, to finish out this this regular conference season. So I love Wisconsin, and I think that they are very capable of staying on this line moving forward. I would not be surprised if, if you see Wisconsin as a, as a four or maybe a five seed in this tournament because I, I think they're a great team, and I think they're really fun to watch. Yeah, Wisconsin's been really good, and and Johnny Davis is probably that's probably the easy thing you could point to and be like, this is why they have mm-hmm. surprised because he himself is surprised. I mean, yeah. preseason, I didn't see Johnny Davis on any kind of like mock drafts. No, you know, people weren't really talking about him that much. Like they thought he would be, you know, obviously he'd be one of their best players, but no one thought of him as someone who was going to be like a top five draft pick, you know, averaging like 21 points a game, eight rebounds, stuff like that. So he is certainly um, exceeded expectations as Wisconsin as a whole had. Um, and then obviously you have Brad Davison, the, the seventh year uh, player, basically. It yeah. seems like he just yeah. has been uh, has been at, in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, or, or I don't know if it's in Madison. It's wherever. wherever. It's in Madison, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it seems like he's been at that campus, you know, half of his life, basically. Um, but yeah, Wisconsin's very solid, uh, for sure. Just looking, I guess for me personally, uh, you know, Providence, we talked about them. They're a little bit of a surprise for me, for sure. I didn't expect Providence to be this good. Um, and then obviously Auburn, which we've talked about Auburn, but Auburn being this good, and yes, they did lose yesterday, but Auburn being this good, um, and Jabari Smith being that good, they're another surprise as well. It's kind of interesting how, you know, if you look... Um, a lot of the best teams usually have, um, at least this year, like there's a top prospect on a lot of these teams. Like you have Duke, who is um, a two seed right now. They have Paolo Bancaro, who's supposed to be like a top three, top four pick. You have Auburn, who's a one seed right now. They have Jabari Smith. You have Purdue, who's a two seed right now. They have Jaden Ivey. You have Arizona, who has Ben Matherin. He's supposed to be a lottery pick. You have, you know, you could just keep going through it. Um, like, and, and Duke actually has more than just Palo Bancaro. They have a couple other really good players, too. Kentucky, they have Ty Ty Washington, Wisconsin's Johnny Davis. So, like, all of these teams have, like, a really good player. It seems like Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren. So I think that's really interesting because I don't think we usually see that correlation that much. But this year, um, it seems like these great prospects, these great players, are really having a big impact. You know, there's not any, like, like there's not, like, a Ben Simmons LSU situation where – Ben Simmons is the number one pick, but LSU's like not even going to make the NCAA tournament. Or like uh, Markel Fultz, similar situation. Team's not going to make the tournament, but he's like the number one pick. So I think that's pretty interesting as well. 
Yeah, so, you know, I think it's just that's kind of our first look we get here at that top 16. Um, definitely going to be interesting to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. Um, quickly, just want to go through some good games to watch this upcoming week. Uh, I'm going to start with um, Ohio State at Illinois on Thursday. This will be a really good game, obviously, in the Big Ten. You know, a lot of Big Ten teams, you know, a lot of shuffling, you know, moving around. That'll be a really good game. Uh, obviously, Kobe, Kofi Coburn's been really good for Illinois. Uh, another one, I rarely shout out mid-major games, but I'm going to do it uh, for this one. Uh, Belmont at Murray State on Thursday. Uh, this is a big game in the OVC. Murray State is still ranked in the top 25. Belmont is very good as well. I think they only have like four losses. So this will be you know, two of the best teams in that conference. That'll be a really good game to watch. I think that one's on ESPNU. And then the last one I'm going to mention is Kansas at Baylor. I mean... You know, there's nothing oh, really more game. to be said on that one. It's the showdown. Um, yeah. You know, arguably the two best teams in the Big 12, although Texas Tech certainly has uh, something to say about that. So, you know, those will all be really good games this week. Um, but that'll kind of conclude, uh, you know, college, our college basketball segment. Uh, no trivia today because Brandon obviously is not here. Um, but we are going to get into Randomly Ranked. Um, obviously, the segment where we take completely random topic and we – we rank it, you know? Um, so we're going to do our top three Gatorade flavors today, Ben, which we can never do this yes, because Brandon yeah. Brandon doesn't drink Gatorade. I don't – like, has he – I forget if he said maybe he had, like – I don't even know if he has ever had Gatorade. Maybe he's had it, like, once? I don't know. I mean, I mean, he just – the dude only drinks water. So I – because we've had this argument where I'm like, we got to do Gatorade. And he's like, I don't drink Gatorade. And I'm always like, you're telling me – you played sports when you were growing up. You tell me you didn't have a Gatorade like after you played a basketball game or something. Um, and his argument is always either he, he has I don't know if he's never had it or he's, he's had very few flavors. So he, he never felt confident in ranking it. Um, so it's about time that, that he is finally out of our way, Trevor, and we can finally have a randomly ranked um, without him having to weigh, weigh us down here because I think this is a great topic. And like I said, this is one I've been pushing – we've both been pushing for for a long time because uh, it's something that I think a lot of people have opinions on, and it's some, it's a common thing to kind of debate is which Gatorade flavor is the best. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited to do this. I think it's a long time coming. Absolutely. So you want to kick it off? You want to go first today? I will, yeah, I'll gladly kick it off. Okay, so this is hard, okay? This is hard because I like all of them. There's really not one flavor that I think is bad, at least the ones I've had, okay? I think they're all pretty good. All right, so it's hard. It's hard for me. I, I think I have a clear number one, but other than that, I, I think a lot of them are very similar. I think they're all pretty good. Um, but I will go number three. Um, I'm gonna go with the the orange. Okay, the orange Gatorade. I think it's, the flavor is literally just orange. Um, I don't love orange flavored stuff, but I love the orange Gatorade. I think it's I think it's great. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about it other than I, I think it's a good it's a good flavor, and it's not one it's not one that I would probably go to right away but it's in my top three so i feel like i gotta give it some respect it's a good flavor okay number two trevor it's one you kind of insulted me a little bit before the podcast started because you said some slander on this one but it's it's the it's the lemon lime one okay i think the lemon lime gatorade is fantastic i think it's great do you remember before the podcast trevor you said you had some slander towards the lemon lime the lemon lime uh lime gatorade yeah i saw where it was ranked on the it was ranked number one on the site i was looking at and i thought Having it number one was a little uh, out of balance. So here's what I'll say about it. It's it's good, but it's one of those ones where I don't ever have it. Like I never think to go for the, I guess you could call it yellow Gatorade or whatever. I never think to go for that one. So it's one of those ones whenever I have it, I'm always like, that's pretty good. Like it's a good flavor. I just don't ever think to, 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 uh, to, to I guess, lean towards that one. So I think it's a fantastic flavor. I got that in my number two. My number one, it's kind of a basic take, but I think it's pretty clear. I think it's a pretty clear number one. And honestly, Trevor, I don't know if you're going to have the same one as me. But i got to go Glacier Freeze. Okay, the light blue, but the light blue Gatorade, because there are other blue ones. i got to go with the light blue Gatorade. That just seems like, in my opinion, that is far and away the best one. If I had to have one Gatorade color for the rest of my life, I would go Glacier, Glacier Freeze, and I don't even think I'd have to debate any other ones. It's nice to have some variety every once in a while. But in my opinion, the Glacier Freeze one is fantastic. It's My whole life, it's always kind of been my go-to one. Um Again, I don't drink Gatorade very often anymore, but when I did, I would always, I'd always go towards the, the light blue, the Glacier Freeze. And I think that's a pretty common take. I think a lot of people would probably say that Glacier Freeze is one of the best ones. Um, but you just can't beat it. I don't know. You can't beat it. Something about it. Um, it's not too sweet, but it, it's sweet enough, in my opinion. 
it's just the best. I, again, it's just the best. Um, it's always been my favorite, and I think it'll always be my favorite. All right, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Glacier Freeze is it's definitely uh, pretty solid. Um, I almost put it at my number three. No, no it, it's not pretty solid, Trevor. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Nice try, though. It's a very popular one. I almost put it as my number yes. three, but it didn't quite make it. It would probably be number four. Oh, Trevor, um, that is that is disrespectful, dude. <laughs> Come on. So for me, this was uh, I guess it was difficult in the sense that when I have Gatorade, um, especially now, I don't have it as much as I used to when I was like in high school or you know playing sports stuff like that. Uh, there's really one, maybe two flavors that I ever have. Um, so this number three that I have, I really don't drink it that often. Uh, but number three, I do have Fierce Grape. I think it is pretty solid. Um, wow. Slightly better. I, that's bold, Trevor. That's bold. That's bold. <laughs> I In my opinion, that's bold. I think Fierce Grape is good. It's not great, but it is really solid. I think it probably edges out Glacier Freeze just by a little bit. but No, it doesn't. It's very close. Dude, you're wrong. Trevor, your opinion is so wrong. It's okay. It's, sorry, we're, I'll stop interrupting. We're going to have to do the taste test. I'm going to have to uh, – maybe that could be our next uh, – Brandon and I did like a uh, – what was it? We did, you guys did chicken, chicken sandwich. Right? Chicken sandwiches or whatever? chicken sandwich yeah. stream. Maybe we could do like a Gatorade stream since Brandon Dude. has never drank drinking Gatorade in his life. I w- um, Yeah, we should force him to drink some of these. Yeah. So uh, that's my number three. Um, number two, I'm going with one that was always uh, in the, in our household, really, growing up. Uh, my, my dad always bought it. Um, well, really, because there was the three-pack. There was the lemon-lime, the fruit punch, and the one that is my number two, which is orange Gatorade. Um, there was mm-hmm. kind of like the little variety packs that you can get. And I only would drink the orange out of those variety packs. I wouldn't drink the lemon-lime. I wouldn't drink the fruit punch. I was just like, yeah, Dad, you can drink the other ones. Or my, my sister, like, you, you – I'm drinking the orange. That's all I want. Uh, you know, the orange is just, it's really solid, kind of like you said. And number one, to me, this is a no-brainer. You, you said Glacier Freeze is the no-brainer number yeah. one. I think Cool mm-hmm. Blue Gatorade is okay. the no-brainer number one. I don't think it's close. I can respect it. I have so many okay. good memories playing sports and, you know, like playing video games. Uh, like in high school, in middle school, you know, before the podcast, we talked about the the, the like tall bottles that have the little twist cap or whatever. Yep. Those were the yeah. best. And, and like you said, and Absolutely. I kind of agree with you, like it seemed like those ones maybe tasted a little bit better. Um, yeah. Th- those are just incredible. And Cool Blue to me is uh, for sure the, the best Gatorade flavor. I actually, real quick, I, I, have a, I have a take on another one that you kind of mentioned. The Fruit Punch one, in my opinion, I don't think it's that good. No, I don't love the Fruit Punch not. one. So I, I was kind of hoping you would put it on your top three because I wanted to slander it a little bit. And it's not that it's bad, but and this is might just be a, such a stupid reason for me to hate it. But I, I felt like I hated how red it made my tongue, and I hated I felt like my <laughs> teeth got really red, so I kind of felt gross after I drank it. Um, which, if we're being honest, all these Gatorades are very sugary. But for whatever reason, the red one always made me feel gross after I drank it. So I don't like the fruit punch one, and I was kind of afraid that you're gonna like put that at number one, and no. I was gonna be insulting you when I said that. But for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't love the the fruit punch Gatorade. And I I don't. It's not that I hate fruit punch. I like fruit punch. Um, but for whatever reason, the, the red Gatorade to me is, is one of my least favorite. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's definitely not great for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that'll kind of be our, uh, random break segment. Um, last, you know, it's a, it's a full, it's a full podcast worth of basketball, basketball extravaganza. You could <laughs> yeah. call it Uh Ben, or I mean, not, Absolutely. Brandon might call it like a potpourri. That's one of his favorite words. Just a lot of, a lot of basketball. <laughs> so here we yeah. move on to the NBA. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about. All-Star Weekend, we haven't seen the All-Star Game yet. Um, I'm excited for that one tonight. Um, but we did have some other events Friday, and obviously Saturday is kind of the, to me, Saturday is like the main event. Like, I'm more excited for the Saturday night stuff than the All-Star Game or anything else. Um, you know, we had like the Rising Stars event. We had the Celeb Game. I didn't really catch a lot of the Celeb Game, uh, but that's always pretty fun. You know, Miles you, Garrett. You Miles see Miles Garrett. Garrett in it, though? Yeah, Miles Garrett oh, had like dude. an insane dunk, and you had, you know, Jack Harlow and, you know, some other celebrities. There was like an Olympian. I forget his name. There's like a, an Olympian. He's the who high made, jumper, dude. I don't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, the high jumper. He had like a dunk, and he was, he was pretty good. You know, he wasn't too bad. Um, and then the Celeb Game, it was kind of different how they did it this year. They had four teams um, kind of set up that were drafted by, I think, former. NBA 75ers. It was really cool. Uh, team Barry, Rick Barry's team, actually kind of took it seriously. They were like running plays and stuff yeah. with Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. So that was really good. And also, like, Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley, if they can ever get on the same team, like, that's must see television. Watching those two players Absolutely. play together uh, was pretty incredible. So, you know, I enjoyed the event. Um, it was, you know, it was decent. Um, 
then we had uh, the All-Star Saturday Night stuff, which we had the skills challenge. It, it was okay. It was very complicated. Um, you know, just like th- it was like three pages of rules. It was it was very weird. I'm not even going to go into trying to explain it on this podcast. You can you can look for it yourself. The skills challenge is very complicated. Um, you know, so we did have that. I believe the Cavs took home the victory for that one. So that was cool for the hometown. Uh, obviously, being in Cleveland, we had the three point contest. Um, I'm not even going to mention that that horrible ad. That's probably the worst segment they've ever had um, in the history of uh, All Star Weekend that they had with Aisha and Steph Curry. No, no, no more words are going to be spoken on that. But the three-point <laughs> contest that we had, I thought the three-point contest was actually really good. I think Brandon disagreed with me, but I really enjoyed it. You know, they, they do have the Mountain Dew balls now, which inflates the scoring a little bit, which I don't love. But other than that, it was really good. You know, like Cat had a really good performance, shooting really well in a couple rounds. Luke Kennard was really good. Trey Young had a really great uh, shooting round in his second one that normally – uh, the round that Trey Young had in his second one, a lot of times would win the competition, but Cat was just so good. He had 29 points um, that it was almost, you know, unbeatable um, unless Steph Curry, you know, came off the bench and entered the event. Maybe he would have had a chance, but Cat was really good. Um, I know that he wanted that bad, so it was really good for him. And then the NBA, uh, the dunk contest, um, which Obi Toppin, you know, former Dayton Flyer, yes. obviously good news for you, Ben. Um, yeah. But the dunk contest overall was not good at all. It was, in it fact, sucked. it was it sucked. It was one of the worst ones I've ever seen. Um, you know, just like, and, and I know they talk about this a lot. Like, I know Shaq really dislikes it, and I think everyone hates it. Like, when people constantly miss the dunks, they take mm-hmm. way too much time. It just, really, that that's probably my biggest problem. When people continuously miss the dunks, they try something that's too hard, Um it, it kind of sucks the air out of the building. It, it just leaves you just like, you're just like waiting for them to finally make the dunk. It's like, it's like uncomfortable, you know? So we had a lot of that yeah. feeling last night, especially with Jalen Green and his first attempt, his first attempt. So that was unfortunate. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I don't know how, how you could really fix it with all, with the dunk contest. Like the scoring has always been pretty weird. It's like each judge scores six through 10, and it's like, okay, but what if I want something – like, to me, I'm always like, okay, but what if – so something is a 9 and then this is an 8. It's like, how do I differentiate between – like, I almost want there to be half points because it feels like yeah. differentiating between an 8, 9, and a 10. It's like – I don't know. It, it's kind of difficult. Um, but in general, I, I think the thing – I saw a tweet on Twitter yesterday that said something along the lines of, like, Everyone has done like every dunk you can think of at this point that all of the contestants now try things that are just too difficult, right? Um, it's almost mm-hmm. like and then when we see dunks that maybe in the past have been really good, we see them now and we're just like not as impressed. Like I think yeah. um I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Cole Anthony or Jalen Green, but they did like this three sixty dunk through their legs or something, and it was actually like pretty nice. But there was really no excitement to it, and um, I, I don't think they really like like flush it either. Like I think for me, a big part of the dunk contest is like you have to kind of dunk it with authority. That's that's always like a big thing for me, just in general. And there wasn't a lot of excitement um, in this dunk contest, so it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I think it's kind of the reality of having dunk contests. I think you know, like you're gonna have at least a couple bad ones in a row before you can finally get a great one and you're only going to get a great one on a rare occasion. Um, Any thoughts from you on the dunk contest or any other events, Ben? Yeah. So here's what I'll say about the the dunk contest. Um, I I have a couple of takes on it. One, and this is not an uncommon take. I I literally saw this on Twitter like yesterday, but I, in my opinion, I think the dunk contest should not be last. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over this dunk contest being last because I think the three point contest is better. Um, so, like, you have the three-point contest, and it's always exciting. And, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, this big, this big man, wins the contest. And then you got to go to this garbage dunk contest for, like, the last hour. And In my opinion, it's just anticlimactic. That's the first thing I, I had on it. And, that, again, that's not an uncommon take. There's plenty of people that say that. In terms of the actual dunk, dunk contest, my issues with it are kind of everything you said. One, it's awkward, and it's, like, hard to watch when they miss their first dunk because then it's like, well, I know what they're doing. It's just a matter of if they're going to make the dunk or not. So it kind of takes all the surprise out of it. Because, like, you know, going in, it's like, well, I don't – they could do anything. 
And then they go through the legs or whatever, and they, they barely miss the dunk, and it's like, were they going to do the same thing again, and how is that going to affect scoring? Um, and then you got the whole issue of scoring, like you said, where it's very subjective, and like a dunk that I think is garbage, they gave like an eight because I think they're trying to be nice, and it's like there's a lot of inconsistencies there. Um, and then obviously it doesn't help that you have you have four players, and I love Obi Toppin, but you have four players who, other than th- that event, they have no reason to be at All-Star Weekend. None of, none of them are All-Stars. Um, so there's a lot of issues with it. Okay, and the last one, again, Trevor, you mentioned was one of those things where it's like, we've kind of seen everything at this point. So until somebody comes up with a dunk that we've never seen before, something totally different, it's kind of like, eh, not impressed. Like, yeah, Obi had some cool dunks, but it's like we've seen stuff that looks like that. And I think you made a great point, Trevor, where it's like, it seems like every once in a while we will get a year where we have somebody that does something new and it's refreshing. And it's like, this is why the dunk contest is awesome, right? So I think we kind of went through that Zach Levine era, you know, five, six years ago, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, obviously in 2016, where we saw some dunks that I was like, I've never seen that before. That's amazing. That's so cool. And now we're kind of back into that down period where it's like, eh, we've kind of seen it all. So until somebody comes along at some point that does something that is totally fresh and totally new that we've never seen before, it's, it's going to be like this every year, especially when you have four quote-unquote role players nobody's in the nba that are competing you're not getting the stars like you used to um so we we just need i don't want to say we need to mix it up because they've tried that they've tried to change the format of the of the dunk contest and it was a disaster so there's a lot of issues and i think there's a lot of things that need to change but i think ultimately and i my rant's done but ultimately what it comes down to is unless we're going to get the stars of the nba the faces of the nba competing in this the most athletic players and the best players competing in this I just don't think it has a chance to be as, as big as it, as it once was. Yeah. Yeah. I think overall, I agree. I mean, and with the point about like the three contest, like three point contest potentially being last, I, I think I, I don't know. I go back and forth on this. I think overall, I think I agree because the three point contest, it's just more exciting, at least to me. Yeah. It is. Like it's, it's more, yeah, it's, it has more of a flow. I don't think you're going to be disappointed by it that often i mean maybe sometimes you will be but i think for the most part the three-point contest is usually very consistent it flows more mm-hmm. naturally um yeah and it's you know it, it's just like yeah it, it's it's tough but i think i probably agree with that but definitely we'll see we'll see if you know the nba can come up with different ways to potentially fix the dunk contest see what they can do or maybe we could get you know, stars, obviously, you know, it'd be cool. If, I don't know if Zach Levine's going to come back again. It would, it would obviously be cool. Maybe he can get, I know Anthony Edwards say he didn't want to do it, which that sucks. I would like yeah. to see him do it. Um, but we'll see what comes of that. Uh, moving on, um, because we are kind of, we're at the all-star break and obviously it's far past the halfway point, but I kind of wanted to, you know, take a step back and make this a little big picture. We haven't really done that this season where we look at like, okay, so who is, the favorite to win the title how do we see things playing out if the playoffs were to start now um and then even just like how do we see these teams improving and growing obviously we had some changes with the trade deadline we have um you know some players injured so how do we think this is going to play out so where i wanted to just start was just straight up like my thoughts on who i think is going to win the title um now it's it's really tough and I like that it's really tough because I think it's pretty wide open. I think, you know, there's a lot of different teams that can win it. And I really like that because we obviously had a couple years where Katie was with the Warriors where it was like, who who has the best chance of beating them was more of the question yeah. versus who's going to win it. So right now, the Phoenix Suns, they sit at the top of the standings. They're 48-10. and 10. If we're just saying who the safest pick is to mm-hmm. win the title, it would be them because – they have all this continuity. Um, they have the best record. They were in the finals last year and very close to winning it. And they seemingly are better because um, it seems like Devin Booker has gotten a little bit better. He now has that player experience. He's been there now, and he is having a really great year. Chris Paul is doing pretty much the same thing he was doing last year. Um, you know, Macal Bridges is a year older, you know, and, and has more experience. You have DeAndre Ayton. And now they have, like, this added layer of depth where they have, like, uh, JaVale McGee, Bismack Biombo. Like, they have a little bit more depth in their front court, which was one of their weaknesses maybe last year, you could argue. Um, So I think overall they are a slightly better team. So they're the safest pick right now. They have the continuity. 
um, and all that stuff. Now, the Phoenix Suns have managed to be one of the teams who haven't had a lot of injuries, right? So mm-hmm. that's I think that definitely plays into why they have the best record, why they've had so much success, is because they are one of the few teams that has managed to be pretty healthy the entire season, whereas you look at a lot of these other teams – like the Warriors, who just got Klay Thompson back, and now Draymond's been out for a while. You have the Miami Heat, who have constantly been like, Jimmy's out here or there, Bam's been out, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry's been out. Like, it's constantly been shuffling around. And you can keep going down the line. Like, Brooklyn has had KD. KD's been out. Uh, Philly just got James Harden, right? Um, And before that, they didn't have anyone to really – they didn't have a lot of players to help them beat. So, I mean, my pick, I guess, would be the Phoenix Suns. But I'm certainly looking out for the Milwaukee Bucks. I still think what they have um, is definitely a lot of um, experience, playoff experience. You have Giannis, one of the best players. You have Holiday, Middleton. Um, they just had Serge Ibaka. I think that could be a good fit for them. Um, a little underrated uh, signing the trade deadline. But for me, I would have to pick the Suns. It is a safe pick. I know it's a little – maybe it's like, oh, you're picking the Suns. They're, they're the best record. That's not exciting. But I think I would have to right now. I think I would pick a Suns-Bucks rematch. Um, and I think that's the easiest pick um, at the moment with what we've seen from these teams. Now, if we see, once Draymond Green comes back and we see Clay, Draymond, Steph play together, they get the continuity going, then they're going to be right in it. I do expect them to fully you know, challenge the Phoenix Suns, and I expect that to be a really good series if they, they match up. And then in the East, you have two teams – who I think probably have a higher ceiling than what the Bucks do in the 76ers and the uh, Brooklyn Nets. But Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets are like the eight seed in the East right now. Um, they're 31 and 28. So they definitely have a little bit of an uphill path, and we don't know when Katie's going to come back. And then Philly, they are looking really good, but we haven't seen them with Harden yet, so we don't know how that fit's going to work. So I would go Suns-Bucks Suns right now. But there are certainly, um, you know, some other challengers. Uh, ben, do you do you have any thoughts and anything you wanted to talk about as far as the contenders or favorites to win the title? I mean, the, the Suns is the boring answer, but honestly, I would agree with you. Just because if I'm looking at body of work this season, and again, we're at the All Star break, but we're more than halfway in. I mean, we're looking at looks like we're almost sixty games in for most teams. The the Suns in my opinion, are the most consistent team. And that's what I'm looking for in, in the playoffs is, is who's the most consistent team. Because you got to win 16 games to win the NBA NBA Finals. So you got you have to play well for a long span of time. And the Suns, in my opinion, have done that the best. Obviously, they had, they've had this massive stretch where they've won a bunch of games and lost like one or two. Um, I mean, overall, they're 48-10, so clearly they're not losing a whole lot of games anyway. So if I'm looking at consistency, I'm looking at the Suns, I'm looking at the Warriors, um, as as two of you know the, the most consistent and in my opinion teams with the best chance to win the NBA Finals, and honestly the rest of the Western Conference I just don't have a whole lot of faith in the Grizzlies are right now in third. They're one of those teams. They're young. They're kind of up and coming. I don't know if it's their time yet. Um, then you get to the Jazz, which year in and year out seems like they have hype. They don't they don't really deliver. So other than Suns and Warriors in the Western Conference, I don't really have faith in any of those other teams um, getting to the finals. Eastern Conference more wide open, and you, you you basically said everything that I need to say about about the Eastern Conference. What I think is crazy is that you're sitting at the Nets right now, three games over 500. With how many how many times can you say you got KD and Ben Simmons and half a Kyrie Irving on a team, and they're sitting there three games above 500, barely in the playoff race at this point? So um, I'm not saying the Nets are going to win the championship, but I'd be shocked if they're sitting at the eight seed when the playoffs start, or I guess I'd be shocked if they're playing in this playoff game and these playoff playing games as an eight seed. Um, I think they will get better, but if I'm going off of what I said on the Western Conference consistency, I think the Bucks is the easy choice, right? The Bucks have Giannis Antetokounmpo; they they have the best player. Um, so Bucks Suns seems like an easy option. And again, that'd be a, that'd be intriguing because it'd be a rematch from last year. I don't hate the Cavs. I've been low on the Cavs before. I'm I'm slowly gaining trust in the Cavs. Um, because again, if I'm going back to that consistency thing, they are a fairly consistent team. It seems like you know what you have with these Cavs. And yes, they're young, or I don't want to say young, but none of them have really had this experience of being a, a top team like that. But I think the Cavs can make noise in the playoffs. And if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, no way, I have no faith in the Cavs. But from what I've seen, I don't know. I For whatever reason, they give me like this vibe of a team that I think could maybe get to 
the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they'll make the, the, the finals, but the Cavs, for whatever reason, and maybe I'm just, my mind's on Cleveland right now because the All-Star game's there and all, these Cavs are getting all these hypes because that's where all, all the All-Stars are right now, but for whatever reason, I'm getting I'm getting Cavs vibes, so I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not predicting the championship. I still think it'll be Suns or Warriors, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Cavs in the third round of the playoffs. If you get if you're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals or maybe even the semifinals in the Eastern Conference, and they're taking that to seven games, I like the Cavs a lot. I'm, they're growing on me, and I'm excited to see what they can do down the stretch here. That would be uh, that would be quite a run for the Cavs. Um, they certainly, I mean, they certainly play some great defense, so they could, you know, pose some interesting matchups with some of these teams, and they definitely could could at least be in a lot of games. I think the question for me is, yes, they can be in a lot of games with some of these, you know, really good teams, but do they have a guy, you know, do they have a closer? Yeah. Do they have a guy who can, in the last couple of the minutes of the game, hit a big shot here or there? And Darius Garland, yeah. I mean, he would be the guy, right, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe even Mobley, you could argue. But it's it's a little bit more difficult to see that, whereas I think they're like – like there's other teams that have clear answers when it comes to that. Like the Nets, it's definitely Kevin Durant with the Bucks Absolutely. taking the big shot. Well, taking the big shot would be Middleton, but then Giannis in a number of other situations can be that guy as well. Like some of these other teams, I mean Philly, it's probably Harden and, and then Embiid in certain situations can as well. Miami, they have a few different guys that you can argue. So yeah, it's interesting with the Bulls. It's certainly Demar Derozan. Um, so yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. I think the East is going to be very fun to see how it plays out. Whereas, you know, for me in the Western Conference, it's really, I think overall, I probably agree with what you said. Like it's the Suns or the Warriors. Um, yeah, and I don't really see be. anyone else taking the conference. I mean, you just go down the line like no. Memphis. They've been really good. They're really exciting. Um, but but ultimately in a seven-game series against Phoenix or Golden State, I don't, it, it's hard to, to see it. You know, Jaw's going to have to be really good and, Yes, you know, Bain and Dylan Brooks, they've been really good, but it's hard to see. Luka is pretty much, it's like him and I guess Jalen Brunson. I mean, they, they trade away Porzingis, so it's really like Luka's going to have to be like Superman in order for them to make a run. Uh, and then Denver might be the same thing with Jokic unless they can get Jamal Murray back. And then the Lakers has become, you know, a little bit of a disaster. We haven't talked about the Lakers in depth in a while, but I don't, I don't really know if there's a need to. It's been a pretty unfortunate situation there. But yeah, the East is really the East is really fun, and I'm I'm excited to see it. I still like my Miami Heat, Heat team a lot. I totally think the Heat could make the NBA Finals. I really do. Um, and usually I'm the person who's you know not so high on my team. You know, especially like with the Patriots over the years with the Heat. I'm usually not as high on my team, but I don't know. I'm 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 not going to sit up here and and say oh the Heat have been underrated, but. I, I, I don't know. The Heat, I would watch out. I wouldn't sleep on the Heat, um, you know, saying this, which I usually never do that, you know. I'm usually annoyed yeah. if the fans are like, don't sleep on us, but I I kind of feel that way with this Heat team, uh, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, the Bulls, you know, they're another team similar to the Heat. You know, they have some injuries. We'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, my small baller player of the week is going to be a bull, actually. It's going to be Kobe White. He's been really good. Uh, as of late, he had a 30-point game against the Kings. He had a 24-point game, I think, before that against the Spurs. He's going to be my small baller player of the week. Um, but the last thing that I really wanted to talk about here before we get out of here is, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of interviews, a lot of stories about LeBron. And this is something I wanted to talk about anyway. I was thinking about this last week. Um, with him obviously coming back to Cleveland for the All-Star stuff. But could LeBron return to Cleveland, maybe end his career there, maybe just come back to try to win a championship because of the situation? Um, you know. And then there's obviously you know him saying that he wants to play his last year with Bronny. He was pretty explicit in saying that. Um, you know, he, he said the door's not closed on playing in Cleveland. And he also said... And this is a quote from LeBron. He said, my last year will be played with my son. Wherever Bronny is at, mm. that's where I'll be. I would do whatever it takes to play with my son for one year. It's not about the money at that point. So pretty pretty clear statement that, that makes it obvious that he wants to play with Bronny, um, which not a guarantee that Bronny is going to make the NBA. I mean, necessarily. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, let's just call it what it is. Like, LeBron saying this makes it a lot more likely that Bronny would get drafted. Um, he's Absolutely. certainly, he certainly is a really talented player. He's really good, but 
you know, and I've watched him a few times, but I think there is this tendency where people just pencil on the, pencil him in, like, oh yeah, Bronny, he'll be in the NBA, you know, he'll be a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it's that easy. It's still kind of early. He is a junior. Uh, he's the forty third ranked prospect in his class. Um, you know, so he's he's definitely solid. He's playing on one of the top 10, 15 teams in the entire country, and he's one of their best players. But we'll see. You know, there's some more time. Um, he definitely has some skills, shooting, passing. He has the basketball IQ, but I would be a little bit worried about his defense and I think just his athleticism in general. I don't necessarily know if he has the strength, uh, the size, or the athleticism, which is funny because that's what made <laughs> – that was you know some of the biggest things that made his dad, LeBron, such a great prospect mm-hmm. and just like – you know, the insane athlete that he was coming out of high school. Um, so we'll see. But, but Ben, what do you think about that? What do you think about the possibility of LeBron returning to play with the Cavs? Well, so I feel like LeBron could, LeBron could say that. And, like, whatever LeBron says, people are going to freak out. So him saying, well, I'm not going to rule out playing for the Cavs. It's not like he's saying he's playing for the Cavs. And I think a lot of people, maybe Cavs fans, assume that that means he's playing for the Cavs. No. Literally, he just said, he, he's like, maybe I will. Who knows? I mean, there's 30 teams. He might play for any of them. He doesn't know. But he doesn't know. We don't know. So this whole idea of LeBron's going to go back to Cleveland, it's a cool story, but is it going to happen? I don't know. And nobody actually knows that. Um, so I, I feel like people got carried away with that comment. He's literally just saying, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. None of us can tell time. We don't know. Um, so I don't think it's as big, a, as big of a deal as people are making it out to be, that comment. What I do think is crazy is what you said about how I didn't, and I didn't realize he said he wants to play on the same team as his son. Is that is that what he said? Did he actually say I want to be oh, like I want to oh, play? Yeah. He says I want to play with him. He, he means I want to be on the same team. He very clearly wants to play on the same team with his son in, so, his, in his last year. Yes. So here's why that's crazy to me. I just assumed when, when he he said that before. I just assumed he always meant like he wants to be in the league the same time as as his kid. If he's saying I want to play on the same team with my with my kid in two three years, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that because. What very well could happen, Trevor, and you kind of brought it up, is let's say Bronny James not that great. Is he going to go, like, really high in the draft just because a team wants LeBron as well? Like, if you're going to draft Bronny James and it's a package deal of him and LeBron, I think there's plenty of teams that would take that. Yeah, yeah maybe Dr- Bronny James might go late second round, but are you going to draft him in the first round? Because you'll take him, but more importantly, you'll get his dad too. I don't like. I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that where – LeBron James might single-handedly, based off of his decisions and his comments, get his son drafted way higher than his son probably deserves or might possibly deserve in the future. I, I think that's a crazy thing, and honestly, I'm, I'm excited just now thinking about that possibility in, th- in, in two to three years. Because imagine the, the conversations that would happen, and imagine these GMs doing everything they can to, to try to get them to draft Bronny James so that they can get LeBron too. Like It'd be like the greatest package deal of all time. You get... You get a kid, and then you also get possibly the greatest basketball players all the time on your team as well. Like that's insane to me. I think it's wild. Nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah, I mean, I mean, totally. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, what level LeBron's playing at in two to three years. That's but, the thing. Like, I got you. Don't know yeah. how, how effective he'll be, but still, it's one of those things. It'll sell tickets. I can promise you that. You'll make money. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. You'll yeah. make a lot of money. So we'll see, because like you said, like there, there totally might be a situation where on mock drafts that the experts are making, you know, Mike Schmitz and. Sam Bassini, all these guys, where they have Bronny maybe as like their 34th best player on their big board or something, but then maybe he's yeah. taken like 12th or 13th. Like maybe it, it's possible if LeBron's still playing yeah. at least not at the same level he's playing now, but maybe close, um, then, you know, maybe it's possible. It'll be it, interesting. It's crazy to me. And the last thing, Trevor, I want to do, and I didn't even tell you about this, but I, I kind of want your opinion on this. Obviously, the All Star game's tonight. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, Unless you're a real diehard fan, the, the game probably already happened, so you might already know the answer to this. But I want to give a prediction here. I want to give, in my opinion, who I think might win MVP um, for this game. And in my opinion, looking at the teams, I think LeBron's got the better team. LeBron, LeBron, I feel like, usually does a pretty good job with these drafts. Um, and we all saw the draft, right, where KD Katie clearly didn't want to pick James Harden, who's not playing. But um, I think LeBron's got the better team. But, Trevor, I want your opinion on who do you think is going to win MVP in this game? Because I'll tell you who I think it's going to be. And my thought process for this is always, well, I think it's got to be a starter. Um, and it's, it's got to be on the winning team, in my opinion. So I'm going to go somebody on Team LeBron. And the starters play way more. So I'll go somebody as a starter. I think, and maybe this is just a hot take because he's playing so well this year. But I think I could see DeMar DeRozan winning MVP. For whatever reason, I could see him going off in this game. Um, he's had a fantastic year. And maybe it's just, again, maybe I'm just, you know, uh, 
I'm being like persuaded by the hype of DeMar DeRozan this year, but I don't know. For whatever reason, DeMar DeRozan stands out to me as the MVP of the All-Star Game this year. So my prediction, I'm going to go DeMar DeRozan MVP of the All-Star Game. By the time you're listening to this, DeMar DeRozan is the MVP of the All-Star Game. Trevor, I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't, I didn't prepare you for this, but do you have an opinion about who you think might win MVP tonight? Yeah, so kind of looking at the odds, because I was seeing some stuff. Well, I was seeing like jokes made by uh, like some Heat accounts I follow, because Eric Spolstra is going to coach Team Durant, and uh, the Suns yeah. coach, Monty Williams, is going to coach LeBron, yeah. Team LeBron. And they were just saying, like, uh, watch Eric Spolstra play, like, um, Chris Middleton and, and all these other guys like 40 minutes, and then Jimmy Butler is going to play mm-hmm. like like four minutes or something. He's going to try yeah. to tire out all the the opposing players. Um, so yeah, um, I, my gut when I when I look at it and I'm looking at like yeah, because I mean picking against Team LeBron, I mean Team LeBron's the safer pick. They have the better roster overall, I think. So I do think they're probably going to win. Um, so if I look at their team. I mean, for me, I think probably the best pick, honestly, is probably Giannis when I'm looking at it. Yeah. I think Giannis is probably who I would lean toward. Yeah, it might be a safe pick. Um, looking at here, he does have, like, the best odds, so uh, makes sense. Um, Giannis, I mean, you know, John Morant's been obviously having this incredible season. This is his first All-Star game. I wouldn't be surprised if John Morant really goes all out and tries his hardest in this All-Star game, but... I pick Giannis not only because he's you know one of the best players in the NBA, but also because Giannis is known for trying very hard at everything he does. I mean, in the skills challenge last night, you should have saw how I don't you should have saw how fast Giannis was hustling in the skills challenge from uh, the spots to jump shoot. I mean, he he tries very hard in these types of things. So my pick would be Giannis, but uh, John Morant would be another pick that I would watch out for. You know, it's one of those things where like. I don't gamble. I don't like to bet, but I think betting on like All Star Game would be the dumbest thing ever because you have no idea what's going to happen because it's really it comes down to who's going to try and who's not going to try. Um, and I can see Giannis trying in this game. Like I mean, yeah. we've seen it, like years past, he tries and like LeBron sometimes he tries, sometimes he does. And Steph usually doesn't try; he just throws up some threes. So it's one of those things where you're picking the MVP. It's basically you're putting money down and you're trying to decide who's going to try because you could easily get thirty points if you wanted to in this game. There's no defense. Um, so that I always think that's interesting. It's basically it comes down to who's going to give effort and who's not. But it is what it is. I was just, I was just curious. I, 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 I'm, I love the NBA All Star Game. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's fun to just basically watch these guys mess around for for a couple hours and do these insane dunks and these insane oops. No defense, but I'm cool with it. So, um, I don't know. I was just, I just wanted to hear your opinion on that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. But that 100%. being said, Trevor, do you have anything else to say, or, or are we good to wrap up here? No, we're You're all the good. Boss. We're all good. Okay, perfect. Again, I think another fantastic episode. One of our best, in my opinion. It's always nice to cut some dead weight every once in a while. No offense, Brandon. He said he's going to be listening to this. What are the chances that he gets this far into the podcast? I don't know if he's going to listen to all 50 minutes of this podcast. But in my opinion, I think it was a pretty good podcast, Trevor. So um, obviously to the listeners, thank you guys so much for listening. I've said this before, but we really do appreciate you're giving us the most valuable thing that you own, and that's your time. So thank you so much for the, for the love and the support. Um, and we do this because because of the feedback that we get from you guys. We really do appreciate it. Um, we would talk about we would talk about sports anyway. So the fact that people are willing to listen to us talk about it it means the world to us. Obviously, um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. You can find this podcast anywhere that you find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. You, you leave you leave us a, a five star review, hopefully, um, and an awesome comment. But I think I think I covered everything Brandon usually says. So thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Go Falcons. <laughs>